Welcome to the Build Your Coaching Business Podcast. We'll talk about how to start, grow, and enjoy your coaching business. Plus, we'll dig into the failures and lessons we've learned along the way. I hope you enjoy and subscribe. Hello there, and welcome back. In today's episode, we are going to cover the only six decisions that you need to make to start signing clients. Now, what I love about this topic is that you can actually sign clients without making these decisions. But what you get is a messy, complicated business where the pieces are always changing, right? Any piece could change at any time. And you don't have simplicity. And often, I mean, 100% of the time, you're not making as much money as you could be if you made these decisions and you let your business be simple and you only changed certain things, but not these decisions. (laughs) So today's episode, the objective is to help you focus on what matters most. So you cannot focus on those other things, right? So you can change what needs changed and keep the solid pieces of your business the same. Before we dig into those six decisions, I want to talk about decisions a little bit. So it might take you six hours to go through and make these decisions or clean up your mind around them, right? Because one of them is you're going to choose your pricing. And some of you listening to this are going to have issues with money. And so when you make that decision, you're going to run into all of those issues you already have with money. Or some of you are going to have issues with your belief that you can deliver and that your tools are effective. And so you're going to run into those, those uh, doubts and those fears and those uncertainties while you're making these decisions. But that's part of the process. I want you to imagine that you went to the mall and you were looking around and you were trying to decide which store you wanted to go shop at. And you look at them and you're like, ooh, there's the candle store. Mm, that one smells so good. And then you look across and you're like, oh, that Claire's, that accessory store with everything in it. Oh, I, I for sure need to just see if there's something in there I need. Right? You see it. All of those stores made decisions. They decided, this is what I sell. This is how we talk about it. This is who it's for right? Some other rando person might come through, but that's not who they targeted, right? Claire's wasn't like, let's target 35-year-old women who like to browse and sometimes pick things up. No, I don't know who they were targeting, probably teenagers, right? And so the people who are not at the mall when you look around are the people who were still deciding their decisions. They never made it there. So I want you, when you're thinking about these six decisions you're going to make for your coaching business, I want you to remember that they're going to be challenging to make. You're going to run into every problem and doubt and uncertainty, and that's part of the process. And then the other thing I want to make sure that you hear is the word decision. Because a decision is something that you choose, right? A decision is like, I have all these options and I choose one. I could have chosen any of them, but I chose this one because you're not going to be looking for the right answer. You're not going to be asking people's opinions and you're not going to be waiting for your confusion and uncertainty to go away. I want you to imagine that that's just going to stay, right? People talk about this with clarity. And while I like clarity, 
What I know about clarity is that I can't wait for confusion and certainty, like uncertainty to just magically dissipate. I have to make decisions and that your decisions are going to be what you create clarity with. Okay. The next thing I want to say before I tell you these six decisions is that you are making these decisions knowing the variables to consider, right? How do you know? Because you're the expert of what you sell. You're making these decisions in service of yourself and the person you serve, both of them. I really love that idea, right? Because so often people think it's just one-sided, but it's not. Every choice you make is going to serve yourself. It's going to honor who you are. It's going to honor your expertise. It's going to honor um, the work you've put in to develop a business. And it's also going to honor that person. It's going to honor them where they show up and they make a commitment to themselves and to what they want. And it's a match. And then the last thing is that you're going to make these decisions knowing that the variables are not, right? I know this is the six decisions that are going to help you like make you start signing clients that you make to start signing clients, but these variables, like you make them because they're the foundational decisions you need. But when you don't sign a client, you don't change these decisions. I guess that would be the way to say this. Like inevitably you're going to make these decisions and then you're possibly still not going to sign clients but it's not going to be because of these six decisions. And I say this because what most coaches are doing that's costing them money and time and mental agony is that they might make these decisions and then they don't get the result they want and then they change these decisions. If you want to like keep pushing restart on your video game and starting over, right? Change all the decisions. But if you're like, you know what, I think I want to make some progress, make some money, help some people, build a business, then you hold these decisions and you don't change them. Okay, so what are these six decisions? While there are six decisions, I've broken them really into three categories. It's going to be the first one is you're going to develop your offer. And when I say offer, right, it's going to be the length of your package, the who you help, the result you help them create, and the price. The next decision you're going to make is where you meet your people, right? Meeting them and nurturing them. Some people call this marketing. And then the sixth decision you're going to make is your sales process. What it looks like from somebody who is interested in working with you all the way to they paid you money. Now, the reason you want to make every single one of these decisions, especially that last one, is because when the brain is unclear or confused, it like holds back, right? It's reluctant. And so if you don't know what it's going to look like to go from, oh, this person's interested in working with me. They're like, hey, I heard so-and-so said you offer, you know, you're a coach and that you can help me with this. What does that look like, right? Like if somebody comes up to you before you've made those decisions and walked your own brain through what they look like step-by-step, the brain's natural habit is going to be to feel nervous and uncertain And so then, right, this person comes to you, you're nervous and uncertain, and they're like, whoa, I don't want to hire somebody who doesn't even know what they're doing or what this process looks like, like, oh, right? So when you make these decisions ahead of time, you are actually creating that comfort for your people to come to you and buy. Because when you know what this step is and you're like, great, here's what you do next, right? You get to focus on them now 
instead of focusing on these details and your uncertainty and your right those feelings of nervousness so we've got these we've got all the pieces we're going to make some decisions you're going to probably have to write them down and come back and re-listen and re-listen again and then you're going to start making some money with them that is like the most fun thing because I remember how many things I thought I needed to figure out or I thought I had to do it a certain way. And I think that was the most relieving thing that I, I did and that I realized was that there is no one way to build a business. There are no magical pieces that like work better than another, right? Like there are some people who are really great at webinars and so they are going to sell how to do a webinar. And there are people who are like Facebook ads. You should definitely do Facebook ads. And then there's another person who's like Instagram all the way, right? And the reality is, is that it doesn't matter what pieces you choose. They all work. And so what I love about these six decisions is that they put you in the driver's seat where you have to build that muscle of self-trust, that muscle of decision-making, And the muscle of holding those decisions, even when your mind is like, hmm, I don't know about that, (laughs) because your mind will say that. And then you, you build those muscles of holding those decisions and just continuing forward, changing some variables, but not these variables. So let's dig into what these six decisions are. So the very first decision, right, we talked about your offer and inside of your offer, we have four decisions. So the first decision you're going to make is the length of your coaching package. Now, I guess I should back up one step and say, I am going to present these questions to you inside of your offer, right? The length, the who, the result, and the price. But you may need to answer them in a different order, right? So it's like you might say, ooh, I really actually need to get clear about the result that I'm selling first and to who, before I worry about my length and my price, right? That would make perfect sense. But I'm just gonna go through these in this order and then you're gonna use your brain to say, oh, I think I know who, right? Start with what you know. Start with what you're like, done, nailed it. I know what this is. Start with what's the simplest. So the first thing we're gonna talk about is the length of your package. So inside of your offer, you are going to have one offer. As a coach building a business, you're going to sell one thing. And the objective is to make your business simple and to excel at selling it. Not to have 45 different things that spread you thin. To have one thing you sell and sell it really well. Now, there are going to be people who say, oh, right, no matter what length of time you choose, these people are going to be like, oof, but I want a different length. I could just guarantee it. But here's what you need to know. The only people who ask someone for a different length of time, the only time that you will ever receive that question, maybe that's the way to say it, the only time you will ever be asked for a different length of time than you have offered them is when you are not sold on your length of time. So let me tell you what that looks like. I have maybe of like a hundred offers that I made one-on-one, maybe like five of those people ever asked me if we could do a different length of time. Now, hear that, right? Of a hundred offers, maybe five of them did. So it was like a really tiny margin. 
But then I have new coaches come to me and they tell me this like, oh, well, like everybody has like, they all have something about it, right? And they're just getting bombarded with it. And it's not that they're just magically attracting all these people who question every decision. It's that they aren't sold on the length of time that they're offering. And so they're a little wishy-washy and they're open to it. They aren't selling that person on this is why this is the length of time. And that's what we're doing, right? So when you think about the length of your offer, and you know, of course, someone is always going to invite me like, hey, can I only do four sessions? Can I just buy one session? Oh, your package is six months. Oh, I really want six weeks, right? It doesn't matter. Oh, your package is six weeks. Oh, I was really looking for six months. It literally doesn't matter what you choose. Someone else is going to want something else. And so how do you know what to choose? You are going to choose the length of your package based on one of two things, either the length of time it will take the person to get the result that you offer. Okay, you hear that? So if you're saying I'm a coach and I am going to help you um, lose 10 pounds and I guarantee that you can lose 10 pounds in 12 weeks. And you're like, that's the length of my package. I only help you lose 10 pounds. We do it in 12 weeks. We're done. <laughs> right? Now, here's the second variable, right? And and I think about to a client I have where she helps parents um, who have like this highly emotional parents working with highly emotional children and she helps them to create, They like they choose the result they want. Maybe it's to stop yelling at their kids. Maybe it's to create just a better family dynamic. And so she's like, yeah, no, we can do that in 12 weeks, right? So hear that, right? You're going to think about what you're offering and the result and your person And so you might decide the length of time based on how long it will take them to get the result. Now, in the instance of this client, what what I loved is she was like, yeah, 90% of my clients get the result they want in those 12 weeks. And then if they want to continue, they just choose another area they want to focus on. But if, right, then there's that other 10% and they weren't able to get the result. That doesn't mean her process didn't work. That doesn't mean she's not an amazing coach. It just means that those 10% of people need another 12 weeks right? So you might choose your length of package based on how long you think it'll take them to get the results. Now, if you've never sold it before, right, that's going to fall into this next category, which is you're going to choose it based on what you want. (laughs) I know, really mind-blowing. That's an option. So you hear it, right? You're either going to choose the length of your coaching package to be based on how long it will take them to get the results or how long you want to offer, Because if you've never offered it and you're like, actually, this is my first time, I don't really know. Like, I think it will take them this much time. I'm pretty sure. But like, uh, I'm not like 100% sure in that yet. And I don't want to like guarantee it. I'm not saying guarantee as in you have to do anything. But like, right, like in your own mind, like, "Mm, I'm really sure. Like my client who 90% of her people, she's really sure. And so you're going to choose a time frame that you just want. And it doesn't matter what it is. It's not one session. Let me tell you that. (laughs) But it might be six weeks. It might be 10 weeks. It might be 12 weeks. It might be three months. Oh, it's the same as 12 weeks. Six months, a year. I don't necessarily recommend a year, but (laughs) I like that, right? Like I pause and I'm like, "Uh, not that one. It could be though. And so you're either going to decide based on the results or what you want. And so the other thing when I think about what you want is it's just like what you want to try. So if you say this is the offer, so let's let's keep it in the weight loss realm because what I like about weight loss is your client might lose weight really quickly or they might not. 
it might take them longer. And it's like, because it takes them longer, it doesn't mean you chose the wrong length of time. It just means that everybody's situation and their mind and how they approach it is just a little bit differently, right? Their willingness to do the thing you told them to do and their ability to have the thoughts that fuel them to do it, it just changes. And so you might say, you know what, I'm going to help somebody lose 50 pounds, but I only work in 12-week chunks. So there, and then you come up with and you sell yourself on why. You're like, obviously they can't lose the weight. They can't lose all 50 pounds in 12 weeks. But if they want to keep doing this work, they're going to recommit to themselves. They're going to recommit to the result that they want every 12 weeks. And you, you talk to yourself about why that's valuable for them. You talk to yourself about how that serves them and the result that they want, right? Because then it's like, yeah, it's what you want, but it's also now how does it serve them? So you're going to choose the length of your coaching package based on either how quickly, like like the length of time it takes them to actually create the result that you want to commit to, or just a length of time you want to try and want to have. Either one works. The second decision you're going to make in terms of your offer is who, who you help. And what I love about who is sometimes getting clear on who you don't help is how you get really clear on who you do help. And so if we think about who you help, um, this can be like one of the things I talk about is that it's okay to be a little vague, but you're not actually vague, right? If we were going to be vague, we would say I can help every human on planet Earth. But the reality is, is that that's not true, right? Because not every human on planet Earth speaks the same language as you. Not every human on planet Earth um, know, like will ever come in contact with you, right? Maybe they don't have the internet. Maybe they're a baby. Maybe they're a hundred. So we've like, okay, we've narrowed it down, right? But I want you to think about that. I want you to think about you're like, oh, the whole, and then you're like zooming in closer and closer and closer. And so when we think about the basics of your who, It's that they want the result you offer. Think about how basic that is. If you sell weight loss coaching or you sell marriage coaching or you sell coaching for stepmoms or you sell coaching for attorneys, they want the result you offer. The second thing, they're willing and eager to pay money. Some of you are going to get caught up here right? You're going to try and stay really far zoomed out and you're going to try and serve everyone regardless of how much money they have and their willingness to trade it for the result you're going to help them create. And those people are going to like just like stew in agony and probably quit because it's really hard to be in a space where you're building a business that's profitable and makes money when you're trying to serve every single human whether they want to pay you or not. Why? Because it actually will take a mental toll on you. And so when you're building a business, you have to be careful that you're remembering that the objective is to make money. Yes, we serve people and we help them, but we make money doing it too. Otherwise, you're running a nonprofit. So the second criteria of who you sell coaching to, your who, is that they're willing and eager to pay money for the result you offer. The third thing is that they know it's possible to get the result. So if you think about somebody who, right, who's never going to hire a weight loss coach, it's somebody who doesn't think they could, right? They're never going to hire a weight loss coach if they don't think they can lose weight. 
So your person actually believes it's possible. They believe that they can do it. They're probably a little nervous. They're probably a little scared, right? They're not like at a hundred percent belief. Otherwise they'd already be doing it, but they're like, no, right? Like they're believing you can help them. But again, right? You're not helping everybody. So notice how, when we just do those three criteria, they want the result you offer. They're willing and eager to pay money for that result. And they have a level of possibility, although it's not at a hundred that they can get the result. Notice that I didn't narrow it down to men or women, although we could, right? And see how much quicker that's going to get. I didn't narrow it down to like, well, they speak English, obviously, or whatever language you speak. Um, and then we, right, we narrow it into like, they have the money and they want to use it for that. They want that result. They know they can get it. Next, it's going to be like, you have access to them kind of thing, right? Like if you're not going to be able to reach them, they're not going to be your person. That's going to be your who, And then it's going to get even more specific as you're like, oh, actually, I really like to work with people who, um, you know, and you're just going to get specific with that. But notice how it's like the specifics so often that a coach dwells on when they think about their who is they're trying to come up with some demographic. They're trying to think about an age and where they live and they're trying to create this, this avatar. And that's if that serves you and that helps you, fantastic. But think about your who, let it be kind of basic if it needs to be, but run it through those three filters. The third part of developing your offer, right? And six decisions you're going to make is the result that you sell. So what I love about results is that it's what, it's what somebody wants. And this might be, this might be one of the hardest things that you make a decision about, because, and and this might also be a place that you let yourself be vague. So what's a result? Let me give you an example. A result that someone would sell would be losing 10 pounds. That's a result. That's what someone wants to buy. Now, can you actually sell them that result? That's what you have to be so sure of, right? When they do this, this, and this, I'm going, they're going to get this result. The variable might be time, the variable might be their mind, the variable might be them actually doing it right and adjusting into it, but that's where your certainty comes in. When they do this, this, and this, they can get this result. And so the result of 10 pounds, that they, they want to buy the result of losing 10 pounds. They do not, right? So often what people are trying to sell is, I'm going to teach you how to love yourself, I'm going to teach you how to... Um, make decisions around food, right? Like they kind of want that, like, yeah, I guess I want to make, right? But really they want to lose 10 pounds. They're willing to do those other things, but they're they're buying, I want to lose 10 pounds. They're not buying, uh, we're going to spend 12 weeks and every day you're going to do a food journal and you're going to uh, just make some decisions ahead of time, right? Like that's where their mind's like, I don't know about that. <laughs> So you're going to decide what is the result that I sell? What's the result that I can deliver? How, like, how do I know I can deliver that? And this is going to come back to what are the tools you offer, right? How do you know you can deliver on that result? And you want to be clear with yourself because sometimes what I see happen are coaches pick a result and they haven't done the work to say, okay, great. I know the result. Now, can I deliver on it? How can I deliver on it? What is my responsibility as a coach? What do I need to put in place? What are the tools that I use? Do I trust myself 
to execute this process to help them create this result? Do I trust these decisions and things I've put in place to work to help them get the result? Can I still trust that if I thought they should be able to do it in 12 weeks, but they didn't, do I still believe in my process? Do I still believe in my tools? Or have I just doubted everything and threw it all out, right? So you're going to decide the result and then you're going to spend time thinking about how can I help them get that result? Because as you're doing that middle process, you might actually adjust the result that you sell and that you offer. Not to be vague, but to be more specific even. So I'm thinking about my client who helps um, overly sensitive, not overly, that might not be the nicest word, right? Highly sensitive, not overly. Highly sensitive parents who have highly sensitive children and she helps them parent them. And so one of the things she was accidentally selling at first was, you know, I'm like this idea where it's like, oh, well, they want to change their kid. They don't want to change themselves. But when a parent comes at it from the angle of like, oh, by managing my own self, I create a different space to help my child in that situation. And I actually help them be and behave differently in those situations. It's like suddenly what she was selling got so much clearer than when she was thinking she was selling, you know, how do I help your kid change their behavior? So you're going to decide what it is the result that you offer what you can actually deliver on and then you're going to you're going to think through based on the tools and the processes that you know it will take what's it going to take to deliver on that result the last part about your offer is going to be choosing a price now what i love about price is that the price doesn't matter at all <laughs> but you need to choose one and i want you when you choose an offer for your a price for your offer to take into account the result that you are selling. Because I've seen before, like, like think about Groupon. If you went on to Groupon, which is basically like this bargain, if you've never heard of it, it's a bargain uh, shopping thing where companies, if they want to get rid of something and they haven't been able to sell it, maybe they go on there and they offer it for a discount. And so I've seen it before for like water parks or hotels or... Um, I don't know, right? Like events. And I want you to imagine if you went on to Groupon and maybe you were looking for like a discount at a skating rink, right? If I got a discount at a skating rink, that's cool. Okay. But if I see something on there like uh, a medical procedure, right? Let's go with maybe microblading your eyebrows, LASIK surgery. Oh my gosh, that's the best one. <laughs> Would you ever buy a Groupon for LASIK surgery? no or or breast implants like no you would never okay I would hope you would never right because when you think about the price based on what you're getting the immediate idea is uh no you cannot you know do LASIK surgery on my eyeballs and like I don't want a discount I don't want a discount I want to pay you a lot because that result, that value has a very high value. So when you are choosing your price, I want you to go back to the result that you offer and I want you to make sure it matches. Because the other thing you want to keep in mind is that you are building a business. So when you, when somebody looks at it and they, they're like, oh wow, like, right, like some people are going to come into this price and they're going to bring all their issues. You might be bringing all your thoughts about money. But you want to keep in mind that people like to buy expensive things. 
They like to spend money. You might not have that thought yet, but you might. And so you're going to choose your price based on the result that you offer, the value of that result in their life. You are not going to choose this based on being a normal human and what you would want to pay. No, I, right? I kind of mentioned it earlier, but when we bring it back to you are building a business. So even if you're like, well, I think $50 a session is like, you know, I wouldn't even want to pay that, right? Like that's what you have to watch out for is when your brain starts to break it down by session or it starts to be like, oh, I wouldn't want to pay it or right. Like the other thing about price is that when you are investing in coaching as a coach, it's going to be a lot easier for you to invite someone else to invest in it. Now, this isn't like a sneaky way to say like, pay me all the money. Obviously, I will let you. (laughs) But it's because something mentally happens when you invest in yourself. When you as a coach who sell coaching are buying coaching, your mind has to go through a process that your client's mind has to go through too. And so when you've taken your own mind through it, it helps you take other people through it. It helps you think about like, oh, I remember what stopped me. I remember what, how I was feeling. I remember what I was focused on and what I wasn't focused on. It's one of my favorite things when I pay my coach every six months, I'm like, I have to re-remember why I want to do it. And I want to do that. So you're going to choose a price based on the overall result that you sell. You are not going to choose a low price. And if your brain tries to suggest a really low price, you're going to check it against, ooh, do I need to clean up some thoughts about money or about value? And then you're going to do that work, right? Like that might be where your time is spent when you're making these decisions. You're going to choose a price that's reflective of the value of what you sell and reflective of you running a business as an expert, You might say, oh, but I'm new, but you're not offering this result because you're new. You are offering this result because you are an expert and you can help them. You have tools, you have ways of thinking, you have an approach, you have a method, you have a process, you have a history of success, and that's why you're bringing it to them. You are not new, even if you've never sold this coaching package before. That's where you're basing your price on. Okay, so those are the things about your offer. The fifth area is going to be how you market your business, which is just the very fancy way of saying, how do you get in front of people? How do you uh, connect with new people you've never met before? And how do you nurture people that you already have met? Now, I want you to think about it. So in those first decisions of your offer, you're almost creating this little package These are just decisions that once they're made, they're done. Once they're done and you have thoughts built in about why you've chosen them, why they're the ones you want, you essentially take those decisions and you put them over on the side and now you don't have to think about them again. And when you're not thinking about the pieces of your offer, you know what you're able to think about? You're able to focus on and hear the people you're helping. You're able to listen to them and be in that moment present and serve them. You're able to look at your your marketing, how you're getting in front of people, and you're able to just focus on this area, right? Because you don't have to worry about decision number six if you're not doing anything in number five. You're able to focus on the consistency of it. You're able to focus on like helping them and thinking about what they want because the first 
three decisions or four decisions around your offer are done and made. Your sixth decision is done and made so you can focus the majority of your time right here in decision number five, how you get in front of new people and how you nurture them. And so when I think about ways you can do this, I talked about earlier, there's no right way, right? There's no right decision that you can pick that would be better than another. And so I have a client who runs Facebook ads and she's always ran Facebook ads and she just built this amazing machine and she has consults booking every week and she tweaks her ads when they stop working and then she just keeps, you know, doing consults. So one of the methods you might choose to get in front of new people might be paid ads. Another method you might use to get in front of new people are is social media. And what I love about this is we talk about make these decisions and then don't change them. But you're kind of right, like you're you might choose a couple of these choices of how do you get in front of new people and you might adjust them based on new information. So one of my clients, she's like, oh, you know what? I meet the majority of my people in real life, but I also want to practice meeting them online. Right. So notice how she has these two ways she does it. And so then when she's in online, she was like, at first, she's like, oh, you know what? I think they're on Instagram. And so I'm going to hang out over there. And then the more she was on Instagram, it wasn't that those people weren't there, but she just had this like, you know what? I actually, I also want to try out LinkedIn. I just want to see if I like it better. I want to see if it feels easier to connect with them. If it's right. Like, so even though you're choosing because you've already made the other five decisions, it gives you space and flexibility to be focusing in on this part of your business and playing with it, not because it's not working, but because you're really clear about what is working and you're like trying out different things for the fun of it. So one of the ways you might get in front of people is marketing, not marketing, is paid ads. A second way you might get in front of people is social media. That could be Facebook, it could be Instagram, it could be LinkedIn, it could be Twitter, whatever you want, right? Whatever you, wherever you think your people are, a third way that you might get in front of your people are is through other people's audiences, right? That might be in a Facebook group that someone else has already built. It might be um, using SEO on Google, right? That's Google's audience, but they're like, oh, well, if you want to use SEO, we'll let you reach our people. It might be on YouTube. It might be being a guest on people's podcasts. It might be, um, right, even like other people's audiences kind of like, leeches in a little bit to in person because you might set up presentations with people and like I'm thinking about somebody who serves teachers right she might reach out to these schools and do presentations at the schools and now it's like those are their audiences and she's able to get in front of them or an attorney right you might do presentations in an attorney's office or right so you might use other people's audiences A fourth way that you might market your business to get in front of new people is in person. Some of you might already have really strong networks and you just need to tell them what you do, right? And keep like reminding them you do it and giving them value and helping. And then the fifth way might be through referrals. Some of you, I I remember I had this client and she was just like amazing and her clients were just constantly referring her. And so I want you to imagine like, oh, you know what? A way I might get in front of new people are through referrals. And you just like keep that in mind. And you create, like think about how do I create that? And so you might choose when we look at like, how do I market and get in front of new people? You might choose one or two of these 
and just play with it. You might, you might choose one at first and say, I'm going to master this and then I'm going to play with another one. But the fifth thing you're going to decide, right, is you're going to decide how you market, which is where am I going to spend my time showing up and what does that look like? Because if you're going to choose social media, you want to get really specific with the frequency. How many times a week am I going to post? And the reason that this is important is because you want to let yourself win. And if you make it hard for yourself to win and you're like, I'm going to post four times a day. I've never done this before, but I'm going to post four times a day, five days a week. And I expect, right, like anything less than that is me failing. But if you're like, you know what? I love to win. (laughs) I love the feeling. It's super fun. I'm going to post three times a week, five days a week, right? Like out of Monday through Friday, I'm going to post three times. And these are the types of posts that I'm going to give myself some guidance with. And you just like make that structure for yourself so that it's easy to win. Because when you develop the habit of showing up and doing what you said you were going to do, then you get to build on that skill set and say, right, because it might be that you're like, okay, I've been posting on social media three times a week for like three months, but I'm still not creating the result that I want, right? It's not that you necessarily need to post more, although you could, but now because you've built that habit and that skill set, you get to add to the skill set and you get to add to that skill set by saying, okay, so I'm showing up. This is definitely working and I'm thinking about my person. Okay. What else could I tweak here? And then you're like, oh, you know what? Maybe I need to practice how I get their attention. Maybe I need to practice writing more concisely. Maybe I need to review what I write instead of just like, ooh, got it done, click, right? I'm gonna review it. I'm gonna clean it up. I'm gonna rearrange some things. I'm gonna get their attention, right? You play with adding to the skill of how you market and get in front of them, how you get their attention. The other part of marketing is the nurturing end. And it kind of interweaves with it, right? Because if you meet someone on social media, how are you going to stay in their space? Well, they're probably going to follow you on social media and then they're going to keep seeing your stuff. So in those cases, it might overlap. In-person networking, for example, nurturing them means you're going to make sure you keep running into them, that you're interacting with your community or like whatever community you're in-person networking with, you're going to make sure you keep getting in front of them. But When we think about Facebook ads or we think about bringing people from social media into your space, the other place that that might happen would be on a mailing list. So gathering up their email addresses so that you can connect with them outside of where you're normally talking. Another way you could do this would be having your own Facebook group. Now, I don't love that idea. I've definitely done it. It felt like the right idea at the time. It might feel like the perfect idea for you too, right? That would be you developing a place for your audience. If that lights your fire, do it right? But my strongest recommendation would be to start a mailing list so that you can start nurturing them. Now, do you have to? No, (laughs) right? But sometimes we're going to do things that are hard in this process of marketing, but it doesn't necessarily have to be the first thing that you do. Okay. And then the last decision you're going to make, the sixth decision is going to be, we might call it a sales process, but I want you to think about it as it's just the process from A to Z, And it's going to be what happens when somebody says, hey, I'd like to learn more about what you do. And you're not going to be like, oh, go to my website. Maybe you will. I don't know. You're going to decide what that looks like. And you're going to take yourself through it step by step. They reach out and they ask me how to work with me. Okay, great. What happens next? 
What are, what are my replies? What's the only replies I will ever have? Is it asking them a question? Is it inviting them to a call? Is it something else? Right. And then if you're like, oh, okay. If somebody says, Hey, how can I work with you? You might say, Oh, you know what? I want to invite them to have a call with me. Like, Hey, you know what? You're interested in learning. Let's just hop on a call and talk about it. Right. So you're like, okay, I made that decision. They're going to ask me, this is the answer. Then the next decision that might come up might be, Oh, okay. Well, we're going to book a call. Do I want to have a scheduler that I send them a link through? Or do I just want to schedule it right there with them? There's no right answer. I know it seems really fancy to have a scheduler, but I spent my whole one-on-one coaching basically years, right? And I just figured it out with them. I was like, hey, does one of these times work for you? (laughs) And what I liked about that was that it was just more personal. It was more like versus when you have a scheduler, it's like it kind of can create this sense of like, I'm some really big, important person. And it's, you know, there's this gap between us. And I've always not wanted to have that, right? I'm okay with going back and forth. I'm okay with figuring out like, hey, does one of these times work for you? You Oh, it doesn't? Okay, great. Tell me like what day of the week. So the next thing you might run into is you're like, okay, scheduler or no scheduler made the decision. Then you might think about, okay, well, we're on a call. If they want to work with me, right? What do I invite them to? But you've already made this decision, right? Because you made your offer. And then you're like, oh, okay, well, I know how much it costs. But maybe another decision you run into is, do I offer payment plans? How do I do a payment plan? How, what's the payment plan look like, right? You make the decision ahead of time. You just decide. I loved payment plans because what that looked like was when I had 10 clients who all made payments, it was like the most fun because if you think about 10 days out of 30, I got 10 days of payments and I was like, woohoo, ding of PayPal. That was fun. And then you get to the end of your month and you're like, oh, that's so fun. Money just comes in all the time. And you start to think new thoughts like money just comes in all the time. And then when you have 20 clients, you're like, oh my gosh, more days than not, I get money. Or, But I also like paying full, right? And I love thinking, some people just love to pay in full. Yeah, they would much rather that. And But if you're going to choose payment plans, you need to decide how many payments do I offer? Why is that what I offer? Do I know how to set it up, right? You're going to, okay, great. What system do I use to process the payment? No matter how I process it, whether payments or not, how do I process the payment? Right? Do I know how to set up a payment plan? When they say yes, what do I do next? I remember this the first couple times I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and so you're just going to make those decisions. Do I have a contract or not? I didn't. It was perfectly fine. You might want one though. Do I send them, right? Like you just decide when they say yes, what happens next? right? I always liked when we were on the call, they said, yes, we just decided right there on the call. What day of the week are we going to meet? Right? What day of week do I take clients? And so I made sure to only do consults when I wanted to have a client call. So I would never do a consult at 8 p.m. on a any night of the week, any night. It's not even one day in particular because I never, right? Because if I do a consult during that time, they're going to be like, oh yeah, can we just do this time? I'm going to be like, no, right? So it's like, you're going to decide ahead of time, when do I offer consults? If they don't fit in that time frame, that's okay. But I don't do consults outside of that time because inevitably they're going to want to have a call on a regular basis. So I always made sure before we got off that call where they said, yes, okay, great. Let's set up our first appointment. 
and I was like, okay, great. We're going to do the like we're going to do the same call time every week. Does that work for you? And then if ever there's a time that that call doesn't work, we'll just figure it out manually, right? But then before we ever got off the call, I already have it on my calendar. I know when we're meeting on the phone next. So then you're going to make other decisions like do I take notes for my clients or not? Do I want them taking notes? Why or why not? And you just go through each decision. You can always change them, but you're just thinking about it and you're thinking about the pros and cons. I used to take notes for my clients um, or I used to take a lot of notes when I got coached, both directions. And I remember once a coach was like, stop taking notes. And I was like, what? (laughs) And she's like, when you're focused on taking notes, you are not in the coaching in the same way. And so I tried it. And I was like, you are 100% correct. It feels different when I'm 100% focused and I'm not worried about taking notes. And I didn't need her to take notes either. But notice how it takes a sense of belief and self-trust and willingness to try it. And so you might make those decisions, but I also want you to be willing that you might remake those decisions and you might completely change your thoughts about it. You might make a decision about, do I record a call or not? Do I record it? I don't recommend that actually. Because if you record it on your end, (laughs) here's what happens. Now you have the file saved on your computer. And now your computer is taking up all your space and it's going to start running slower. And then when you get off the call, you have to make sure you upload it somewhere. And so now you're hosting it. And then if ever it goes down and they can't access it, well, now they are like, what happened? Versus if you're like, yeah, if you want to record it, you can record it. And then they get it saved on their own computer. They get to sort and organize it. All those pieces, right? They get to do it. But you're going to make those decisions. Your sales process is every decision between, hey, I'm interested to what happens each step of the way. I think I missed one in here, but there's even like, we get on the call. How do I run the call? What do I ask them? How do I, how do I structure it, right? Every bit of that process. Those are the only six decisions you need to make to start signing clients, right? When you know what your offer is and you've decided and you've talked to yourself about why you've chosen it, when you get to set that all aside and say, yeah, no, I don't need to spend any brain space on that. When you make the decision about what your sales process is, you get to set it aside. You get to tweak it and update it as you run into new things, right? You're going to run into something. Someone's going to ask you something and you're going to be like, whoa, I didn't even know I should make that decision, but you're going to trust yourself where you're like, yeah, I'll make those decisions as they come up. You're going to have made these decisions. The only thing you're going to have to focus on then is connecting with your people, having fun with it, being consistent at it, and practicing honing the skill of, okay, great, I was doing that, but like that didn't really get their attention. What do I want to adjust about how I get their attention? I don't have to change my price. If they're not buying it's and I never ever talked to them and told them the price, I don't need to change my price. I don't need to change the length of my offer. I don't need to change who I serve. I don't need to change the result that I offer. You only need to change how you're speaking to them, how you're thinking about them, how you're thinking about your offer, how you're thinking about, you know, what it takes to get their attention even. And then you will always only be changing the most effective things and you will inevitably make more money because you're focused in the right direction more often than not. Okay, those are the only six decisions you need to make to start signing clients. (sighs) I love this so much for you. I love it. And I hope that you can hear it 
And I encourage you to listen to this episode over and over and over again until you can hear it, until you understand it, until you're like, oh, (laughs) and until you're making money because I want you making money right now, right? I want all of you making money. Okay. Have an amazing day. Hey, who's your business coach? If you don't have one, I'd be honored to help you grow your coaching business. I have a daily practice that'll help you feel powerful, focused, and comforted in the discomfort of growing your business. This mental routine will help you create any goal you're working on. Sign up for this free training at elizabethsalazarcoaching.com. Just like this podcast, it's free. I'll see you over in your inbox.